Hi, my name is Lindsay Adams, and you are listening to Mindful as a Mother. This episode is brought to you by KiwiCo. If you're running out of ideas for ways to spend one-on-one time with your kids, KiwiCo is the solution for you. I told you last week that we got the rainbow box and it came with three different activities in the box. The book also had tons of other suggestions for activities and a learning book to read. My kids loved learning about rainbows and I loved that everything is prepped, all the prompts were there and the directions were easy to follow. To purchase, go to my show notes, click the link and sign up for texts to get 50% off your first box. I promise you won't regret it. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship and the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Hello and welcome back to Mindful as a Mother. We are just coming off Mother's Day weekend and I hope you all had the best weekend. I know that Mother's Day can be a pretty emotionally loaded holiday and weekend due to fertility, adoption, loss, um, having a strained relationship with your mom. So I just encourage everyone to honor where they're at and meet themselves where they're at and take care of themselves during holidays like Mother's Day. And so I hope you all were able to do that. And I hope you were able to find some happiness and joy in the holiday, even if it is hard. I had a great day. Um, I So for those of you that don't know me, I have kind of, not kind of, I have a, I have no relationship with my mom. So I say complex because it's been complex in the past if you follow me on Instagram, but really like there's, we haven't had contact since 2019 pretty much. So, um, but the holiday itself brings up a lot of memories, a lot of feelings of times in the past that were complex. And so it's kind of like an emotionally loaded day for me. So, and weekend, I'm pretty emotional and I have a hard time. Like I get pretty down, even though I feel so blessed with my kids and my husband, I just get pretty down. And, uh, I've recognized that if I just acknowledge that and acknowledge those feelings that I have. Um, I tend to have a better Mother's Day and experience more joy and happiness than if I try and pretend that I'm not upset about my non-existent relationship with my mom. One day on here, I will share my mom's story. I just don't think that that's something I'm fully ready for yet. And to be honest, uh, I don't know if you're ready for it because it's a doozy of a story. But I do feel I'm getting more open about this situation than I've ever been before. So who knows? Maybe one day you'll get a Life of Lindsay segment and I can share about that piece of my life. Anyway, today's guest, plural, two guests at once, are Maddie and Taylor from the Stepped Up Co-Parenting Podcast. When I introduce them in the interview, I say Stepped Up parenting instead of stepped up co-parenting and I was editing it and I felt like a real jerk I was like dang it at least I could like get the co-parenting part in so anyway they are two lovely lovely women who are co-parenting one is bio mom that is Taylor one is stepmom that is Maddie and they are talking about how they've been able to create a friendship and a positive relationship for the child that they share together through a lot of hard work, open communication, and compassion for the other person. I went on their podcast last week and talked about some co-parenting stuff. And for that podcast and this one, I have created a free downloadable worksheet 
for you to use if you are in a co-parenting situation and it is a transition routine for your child or children. So you look at the worksheet and you identify some things that you can do before the child leaves mom's arrives when they arrive at dad's when they leave dad's and when they arrive back at mom's that are routine so you'll do them every single time to help them settle in and transition to being at the other parent's house going back and forth can be really difficult for kids and I just want to normalize that even in the best of co-parenting situations kids struggle with this because they are going from one co-parent or one parent to another, and it's not an easy thing to do. So even in the best of situations, this worksheet may be helpful and may help your child feel some kind of like stability and routine in that transition piece. If you have any questions about how to use the worksheet or about creating a transition routine, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, and I'll put the link to download the freebie in the show notes. I really hope you enjoy it and find it useful. Something I wanted to talk about that goes right along with co-parenting and transitioning is I've been hearing a lot about this thing called nesting. And nesting is where when two parents get divorced or break up and they live separately they switch off weeks in one home so that the kids stay in the house or in their home. The first I ever heard of this was on a show that was on Hulu. I was obsessed with it. I think it was actually on network TV, but I watched it on Hulu. It's called Splitting Up Together. And I don't know if they ever made another season. I had to look up the name of it even. And it has Pam from The Office in it. And I, just, I love her. So anyway, the parents... What they do in the show is they create like a room in, they have like a guest house or a garage area for the other person on their week off from parenting. And it's got me thinking about this concept of nesting. It's getting more and more popular. And I heard on another podcast, they were talking about it. Juicy scoop if you listen to that. Anyway, talking about how only rich people could do something like that because typically you don't want people the other person going through your stuff you'd have to have two separate houses it's a whole thing then this got me thinking like even further if people were in the situation that like Taylor and Maddie are in where Taylor's married has another child that would be super weird if like your husband and his spouse and baby or ex-husband or ex-boyfriend were like coming in with um their people every other week anyway So while nesting may make it easier on the kids, it just seems very complicated. And it is an interesting concept, though. So if anyone you know has done this, I want to hear about it. I'm so intrigued by it, and I want to hear how it worked out and what the benefits were and what the cons were. So anyway, back to the purpose of this podcast. Maddie and Taylor from the Stepped Up Co-Parenting Podcast. You're going to love their interview. They live in two separate houses. There is no nesting going on. Here we go. Hi, Taylor and Madison. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. So you have your own podcast called Stepped Up Parenting. And I love that. Um, I've listened to both episodes and I'm always like, these guys are so mature and wise for their age. How old are you guys? Um, I'm 27. I just turned 27. Okay. I'm 22. So I'm super young. I turned 23 this year. Yeah. I remember that you were like 19 when you met Beckham, right? Yeah. I was 19 when Gentry and I first started dating. Um, but yeah, I was super, super young. You're very, here you are doing the stepmom thing, huh? I feel like me and Taylor are like the same age though. I feel like I'm 27 at heart. My You're like an old soul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get along, I think, better with older people. Okay. So. <laughs> so I'll let you guys introduce yourselves um, and you can, whoever wants to go first. I've never interviewed two people at a time, so this should be interesting, but. Taylor, oh, you go first. Okay. 
Okay, so hi, I'm Taylor. I am Beckham's bio mom. I had Beckham when I was 23 and me and his dad Gentry split before he was born. We just realized that we would be better off and better parents and just happier when we weren't together. So we made that hard decision. Um, but then now it turned out great. I have a husband and I have another little kid named Ledger and I get to hang out with Maddie all the time. So. Okay, and I am Madison. I'm Beckham's stepmom. And I started dating Gentry, like I said, when I was 19 and we've been married for about a year and a half now. And I don't have any other kids yet. I am in school to do what you are doing through LCSW. That's my goal. So yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's me. That's awesome. So how did you guys come up with the idea for this podcast? Well, I don't know. I feel like we've had a lot of people be like, how the heck are you two friends? And then we kind of just like broke it down their head. We're like, okay, well, how, how did we get here? And there's just been a lot of people saying, Hey, you guys should start something. And then on top of that, Maddie has another story when she was looking for yeah, resources. When I was, when I was dating Gentry. So I have a stepmom and a stepdad. My parents have been divorced my whole life and they do not co-parent well at all together. Same, same. And heard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the story of most people. They don't know how to co-parent. And so when I first started dating Gentry, I knew that that's not what I wanted for my life. And that's not what I wanted for Gentry and Taylor and especially Beckham. And so I just, I looked online for resources and couldn't find anything. So once we got to the point we're at now, we just decided to create a resource for others. That's so cool. And what a way to like give back, but it's also, I appreciate that you guys are so vulnerable. Like I read Taylor's post yet yesterday about not sharing the same last name as Beckham. And I thought that's like so amazing that you're able to be so vulnerable about these really hard things with co-parenting because those really hard feelings, I think people just choose not to acknowledge them. And that's what gets in the way of having a good co-parenting relationship. Yeah. Well, especially like with Maddie was saying that she wanted to be somebody that she didn't have, especially for like bio moms or beginning out single moms, I, I felt very strongly that I wished I would have had somebody to help me navigate. I did it, I had to do it the hard way, but I learned a lot. And now I'm able to be in a position where we can help other people. And so I just, I think we both don't want other people to have to go through the things we went through and that there is another positive way that you can do this. And so I think that passion on top of just our love for Beckham and wanting to help the kids out there too just to show them that there is a different way that you can do things and you can be really happy. And just letting know, people know that it's not, you don't have to be angry and sad and upset with your situation your whole life. Like it can be a very positive thing where it's just not portrayed as a positive thing at all. So mm -hmm. people don't realize that it can be. Yeah. Yeah. You just have that stigma already in your head. And so that's all people really know. And so that's just what they think. Oh, well, I have to think this way. Oh, well, I have to like my kid's new stepmom or I have to not like the bio mom because they're, they're an ex and they're somebody trying to take something away from me, but that's not necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. Can I ask, and I can cut this part out if you don't want to hear, what was co-parenting like before Maddie came into the picture? It was rough. Me and Gentry, we went to court. We didn't talk really. I, I was personally very angry. I know he was very angry and that led to us not being able to co-parent and us saying things we shouldn't have because we were both in a very stressful time where we felt that a child was either being ripped away from us or just life wasn't fair. Mm -hmm. And those are hard feelings to deal with. So before Maddie and my husband came in the picture, it was just, I'd say toxic. And then after that, they kind of helped ease things up. Like Gentry had another man, which is my husband, to be able to talk to. And, and I think that Cameron was able to see it more from like an outside perspective. So yeah. see like how Gentry feels and like be able to tell Taylor, like actually, like if I was in that situation, I would feel the same way or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was able to do that for Gentry as well. Yeah. So it was like two people from the outside coming in. 
And I think that a lot of times that would make it a lot worse, but we just decided to change our mindset and it helped us instead of hurt the situation. Yeah. When a lot of high emotions are involved, you can say and do things that don't reflect really who you are as a person and cannot necessarily help your future, but it's and Beckham's just, future. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was all the good stuff right before they came in well and I I think of like so when you're splitting up with someone and you're pregnant when you're splitting up I'm sure there's a lot of emotions that go into that and you're a new parent Mm -hmm. and you're so you're dealing with like breakup feelings too so there's like breakup feelings co-parenting feelings and it can be really hard to like separate (laughs) yeah yeah and you're a new mom like oh yeah that's not not easy at all there's a fast road to maturity and real life because I was still in college and living with roommates and you know kind of living more carefree and then all of that happened and it was just like a big giant slap in the face where I think to me that was a blessing not necessarily like I was headed down a bad road but it was more just like okay straighten yourself up Taylor you have things to do and we're gonna help you get there and so I had to go through some crap in order to become the woman I am today. That's a great way to look at it too. So, um, what is your guys's parenting philosophy? Do you have like a joint one? Do you feel like you guys have naturally always kind of been on the same page with parenting? Um, I feel like our parenting philosophy is just let Beckham know that he's loved and he's safe and, um, do everything we can to make him happy. And even though he has two different homes, we just want him to know that no matter what home he's at, he's loved. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, our parenting philosophy is pretty similar um what do you think I think like when it comes down to each parent each set of parents is going to do things a little differently but we've kind of outlined things like potty training or like how we're yes how we're going to discipline him timeouts just so it's consistent in each home and it's not like oh I can get away with this at mom's house but I can't get away with this at dad and Maddie's house you know so we've kind of aligned it so he knows that we are all for one going to take care of him going to love him but we're also going to set boundaries and we are going to all discipline him the same and he just has four eyes knowing that he's not going to get away with things. <laughs> We're kind of lucky though, because I think that our parenting styles just kind of line up. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not as hard for us because it's not like we are trying to force each other to parent how the other person wants. Mm-hmm. It just, we're just kind of really similar. And so we just do it the same. That's such a good way um, from a therapist perspective to create security for your kids too, because that's one of the struggles with transitioning is that like parents often do things differently. And if you have a completely different parenting style, it can be really hard for kids to adjust from like totally different roles, different parenting style at one house to another house. So that's awesome that you guys have already kind of laid that foundation with him so that he, that's a way to show them that they're safe, which is so cool. Um, I feel like he safe in both households yeah he's excited to go to both so that's good what's your schedule like I've always wondered that um so I get back um Monday through like Thursday midday um <laughs> and then every other weekend so um let's see usually he's supposed to so he has Thursdays like Thursdays is like his single day that he gets to take him and then I'll take him for the weekend Mm-hmm. that's gotten hard that like obviously I don't want to hinder their relationship and I think it's hard for back home going to their house Thursday then coming back to our house Thursday night and then going back to their house Friday so it's they just keep them from Thursday for the whole weekend and then every other Thursday through Fridays and we just kind of make it work so mm-hmm. like this week I have graduation pictures and so I just went and picked up Beckham and got him for the night and yeah. he was able to be in our graduation pictures or if Taylor has a dinner that he wants or she wants them to go to, then he can go. And so, I mean, we have a court order, but we don't super stick to it. It's just kind of what works for everybody. We use it as a guide, but we're not like, if there's something special that Beckham needs to be there for and it's on my time. I'm not going to say, no, you can't have him. You know, I want Beckham to be there for their important times just as much as I want him to be there for mine. And so, and I think that's kind of what the friendship 
like between you two, that's what's so beautiful about it is that like, because you're, you have this friendship with each other, you want Beckham to be at the other person's, like say they have a family party or say they do something and it's not this huge. Cause what I hear about a lot is fighting about parenting time and switching and trading days or whatever it looks like and you guys have this really nice system where you're just like putting each other first in a way and then that is reciprocated when you need that as well yeah and that's where a big thing about like compassion comes into play of is especially when things were more kind of rocky to begin with these little acts of compassion showed that like they cared about me and showed them that we cared about them. And I, I remember, what was it last year? Like they had them the weekend of my birthday. And so they let me take Beckham that day. And I just, you know, I got to hang out with my son on my birthday. And it was just super nice because if we weren't in that situation, I know that would have, could have been a hard day on me. And because you know. parents' birthdays aren't in the yeah. court orders, but we've just kind of created that on our own so on my birthday even the step parents birthday like yeah. if if it fits into the plan of us getting Beckham then we we get Beckham yeah that's so cool and it um acknowledges everyone's role in Beckham's life even the step parents right because it's an important day and he gets to be there for that one of the things I worried about when I was single and pregnant was all of these things of his mind just not getting what it needs when it comes to going back and forth, fighting parents, whatever. And that's when it comes down to in 18 years, when he looks back at his life, I don't want him to look back and say, hey, mom, why did you keep me from this? Like, why mm-hmm. didn't you let me go to this birthday party? Yeah. Or and this family trip yeah. or whatever. Apart from us being mm-hmm. friends, like, Beckham's mind has come into play in a lot of different things that is because we put Beckham first we've been able to show more compassion and ignite things in a way that I don't think we would have normally just thought about right and that takes that maturity of like taking your own personal feelings out of it right like so whether it's an inconvenience maybe you do like want Beckham that day or you have something else going on that's maybe not as important or monumental and you know taking your own feelings out saying okay what's best for Beckham which is really Mm -hmm. mature and hard to do sometimes (laughs) (laughs) what that helps (laughs) yeah and and you guys like each other that helps too what is your biggest tip for people who are new to co-parenting or who are struggling with co-parenting we have a lot of tips a lot of you can give them lots of tips that's okay they'll appreciate it yeah a lot of lessons that we've had to learn um that helped us get where we are um we always say the first one is starting a group chat you if you follow us on our instagram you've probably seen that times but starting a group chat has been such a big deal for us because it helps me and Cameron feel like we are included as parents and that we matter in Beckham's life. And then it also helps with scheduling and pick up, drop off everything because we don't have to worry about like, I don't have to say gentry, what time do we have to go get Beckham? Yeah, there's no middleman. And so yeah. it just it makes communication with your partner mm-hmm. better, but then also all together because then we like to say, hey, well, we already have this group chat and we know that Beckham's taken care of. We know what's going on with him. So then when we do see each other, there's more time to just get to know each other instead of having to lay out everything for Beckham. Everybody already knows. There's no questioning. There's no guessing. Everybody already knows. And then we just get to know more about each other and become friends. And then there's no miscommunication with me and Taylor or me and Mm -hmm. Cameron or Gentry and Cameron, it's all just laid out perfectly so Although, that we all can see. Sorry. Although now that we're friends, we do we do oh, yeah. several texts on Cameron's like, did you put this in the group chat? And we're like, Sometimes no, we forget, I was just talking but... to my friend Cameron. Sorry. <laughs> the group chat was what helped us become friends or yeah. one of the big things that helped us become friends and helped us go from avoiding talking to each other and avoiding each other to being able to co-parent successfully mm-hmm. we can send each other funny things now like funny memes that relate to just being a parent in general we can just send them to each other and be like is this not Beckham is this yeah. not us you know yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's that helps eliminate the jealousy a little bit because sometimes the step parent or the bio parent or will feel weird about the you know, the two parents talking to each other and feel left out or not included. And it just, you know, it's all right there. It's, 
you can see mm-hmm. everything. There's nothing to disagree about. Well, you you might still get disagree, but nothing to miscommunicate about maybe. Well, and that's what originally started the group chat is when me and Jen Curry were in that rocky time of just being able to talk to each other. And I think when me and Gentry talk to each other, we are not the best at communicating. <laughs> like, that might be why you didn't work didn't out, right? <laughs> out there. Yeah, and it just made things worse. Like me and him are just not the best communicators. Um, and so like now you could though. Now, now, now we could. could, yeah, now we could. And so when that, that's like, so Cameron came into the picture first and he was just like okay just put me in this group chat so one I can know what's going on let's make a group chat but then two I can clarify because like I I guess I missed those details of like I don't ask questions I don't do this and then you know it's just hard so it was kind of there of like almost a mediator and then we became that friend friends that way and then when they got married this is my favorite thing Gentry's like hey I'm gonna add Maddie to this group chat and she added and we're like hey welcome to the party <laughs> you're official <laughs> yeah it was my favorite <laughs> it's like changing your name when you're married on Facebook but for you it's like getting into the group chat yeah <laughs> instant mom yeah whoops talk about the other let's see well another thing we had was just we already touched on this just showing each other compassion like I know every co-parenting situation is different ours was harder in some ways ours is luckier in some ways but just being able to plant those seeds in people of like a suggestion we had for a mom who was struggling with a stepmom and we're just like hey why don't you just or it was a stepmom struggling with mom send send the mom some pictures when you have a child be like hey I thought you might like this little small steps like that show okay maybe they're not as bad as I think they are you know and showing them that you care about them and and about the child because I think yes. the bio mom ultimately just wants the stepmom yes it's like a jealousy thing maybe at first but I think ultimately it's just they want the child to be loved and cared for mm-hmm. and so I think that especially just showing that you do yeah. love and care for that child I think that was a big thing for me and Taylor I know I know a big thing was when Beckham was away from me it was always like okay like what's happening what is he doing am I supposed to be worried I can't just sit and text all the time because then that was weird and I just you know it was just a hard situation so being able to like send those pictures or maybe just casually update and be like hey just wanted you to know they're doing great today and they said they missed you today or just something like that that makes them feel like they're involved even when they're not directly in front of the child at that time just small seeds like that can help it's baby steps it's not going to magically happen yeah baby and steps but it helps that acknowledgement that you recognize that this child is half this other person mm-hmm. and that they care about them also and so yeah, it, that's awesome that you guys, that's a good recommendation for people. I didn't even think of that, but to include the bio mom or stepmom, send pictures, give little updates, just show that the child's being cared for and loved because at the end of the day, that's what every mom worries about is, you know, if that other person is taking care of their child. Yeah. Yeah. And I always tell this story too, but it was when before me and Maddie were even really friends, but we were calm enough that I don't know, just that we could casually talk. It was about the zoo. Remember, I don't see, I don't think we're talking. So Gentry was taking Beckham to the zoo and me being mom, I was like, did you get this? Did you get this? Did you bring a stroller? And cause you know, Beckham was like fairly one at this point. You know, he's just going to like dodge. Right. And so he was like, Oh no, I forgot. And I was like, okay, well, I have a stroller. We'll leave you at one. And then I get there and Maddie's like, Oh yeah, I already brought a stroller. And I was like, Oh, like, I know that going to be taken care of. Like something as stupid as her just bringing a stroller. I knew that she was just thinking of what Becca needed. So, right. And she was just at the alley. And nothing <laughs> bad was going to happen because not because she's looking out too. Yes. Uh-huh. What is, how do you guys handle communicating when you have disagreements or conflict or different opinions? I think that at first um, we just wouldn't say anything and I think that that's what made (laughs) it so hard to co-parent and I think that's what makes it so hard to co-parent for a lot of people is you don't want to cause conflict and so you just bottle it up but then it's like 
I don't like Taylor because she did this thing that she doesn't even realize bothered mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, at first, like before we were friends, that's what we would do, which was not good. But now I think that the only thing that works for us is just having an open conversation about this bothers me or we need to do this just directly the mm-hmm. four of us or the two of us or whoever um just because then there's no disagreements yeah and I feel like the best way to the we've gone about things like even things she's brought up to me it was like hey what do you think about this I think we feel this way when this happens what's also your opinion she's such a social like, worker oh. already you know I I didn't realize that that is a good topic you brought up here's how I feel about it I don't want you to feel this way you know just how we talk about an argument but it's we're very I would like to say hopefully you think I am open to each other's opinions so like I don't I don't ever want to hurt her feelings I don't want her to Mm -hmm. ever feel like less of a person same with Gentry and I know they feel the same about me and Cameron and so when things happen that's also going back to that group chat we can talk about things as a (laughs) as a family (laughs) we call each other like a giant family so like I mean you're married you have kids like no matter what all parents have issues so adding two more parents into the situation Mm -hmm. you're gonna have issues like no matter what there's gonna be some sort of conflict eventually so just being able to have conversations and be open about your feelings is the best way to that we found works and best. taking that defensiveness piece out because I find myself even with my husband like if I've found something that I feel like works better with one of my kids I want to try and tell him like okay well I tried it this way and it he was more agreeable than if like you just stand there and yell at him or you do whatever right so but you don't want to make that other person feel defensive either so it's kind of it is it's you have to co-parent in a marriage as well and it's kind of just like this big marriage you guys have Mm -hmm. it's like kind of (laughs) just with two extra people which can cause a lot of problems and that's why parenting doesn't work a lot of a lot of times it's because there's so many opinions and so many emotions that Mm -hmm. go into it and so just taking the emotions out and like you said not being defensive that's what works for us and at the end of the day we both want all of us to be good parents so we're going to always want to try to help each other be the best parents they can be and feel loved and feel special and feel good enough to know that they can take care of Beckham and that you, you can't do that without letting each other know of these things. How do you guys handle Mother's Day? I was thinking of that when you talked about birthdays. I remember last really year, um, last year, Taylor told me happy mother's day and that was like right when well been married for like a little bit but not like a long time and now I think that all of my friends like consider me to be like a mom Uh because I mean I do all the mom stuff but I think that at that point not a lot of people did and so I think that that was like really big for me because I was like oh Taylor like sees me like that. I already got you Mother's Day present, by the way. And I already got you one too. <laughs> so I think it's just we just celebrate it like normal. Like yeah. just like like how you would with your friends, maybe not like that we have to share a child. Yeah. We just acknowledge just each other. Yeah. <laughs> and that's maybe a good tip for someone. My next question is like if you have trouble getting along with the other uh co-parent whether it's stepmom or bio mom like acknowledging them on mother's day because mother's day's next week um like yeah that's as well just like maybe send them like you don't have to say anything just say hey happy mother's day or maybe have your kid write a mother's day card and help them if they need help just something so that they know that you appreciate them as a mother whether it's a stepmom or the mom because both jobs are hard in different ways. Yeah, I think that recognition helps. Like when she recognizes or she she tells me that I'm being a good mom, I feel like a good mom that day. You know, it, it goes both ways. <laughs> yeah. And so I think anybody, I think mom in general, when someone just tells them they're being a good mom or that they're doing a good job, it just lifts their spirits because everybody has the mom guilt, whether you're a mom, stepmom, everybody feels like they're always just going to do something wrong and it gets hard. 
So just lifting each woman up, no matter who they are, helps. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, because it's so easy to be like overly critical when really if you just acknowledge like, hey, I see you. Uh, I know that that whatever that is, that behavior or you haven't slept, that's super hard to deal with and you're doing a great job. Mm -hmm. Like I'll tell her when I'm having a hard day now. And I'm like, okay, Maddie, I'm about ready to like punch this person in the face. Beckham's <laughs> not listening to me. And I just am able to vent because she understands. And so it's just like having a best friend that you also just share a child with. <laughs> Nobody really understands your children mm -hmm. except for maybe your spouse or who the other parent. But we're kind of lucky because I understand it just like she does because mm -hmm. we deal with the same exact child, same exact behavior. So, yeah, yeah, and that makes There's it nice because then you feel like seen and heard in ways that maybe your spouse couldn't, or and and it's nice to kind of have that girlfriend that you can talk to about things. Yeah, yeah. Um, does jealousy ever come up for either of you, and how do you handle it? Um. I think it did a lot more in the beginning. Yeah. Just because we didn't know each other as well. It was just I have, I have a story for this one. <laughs> Let's hear it. At the very beginning, before I knew Maddie, before we got to know each other, I feel like that every regular mom who or by mom that has to share a child with a stepmom can relate to this. You kind of feel like that, oh, what if they like them better than me? What if what if my child mm -hmm. sees them as a mom over me? What if I'm being replaced? And so for me, that jealousy set in of like, man, what if I'm not good enough, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so the fact that we can be friends now help, helps that and know that we're trying to lift each other up and we each acknowledge each other for the role we play in Beckham's life. But I think that was a thing. And it was almost, we brought this up kind of like the competition and there, there shouldn't have to be a competition in this right the child is not a prize to win <laughs> and like i think i've said this before maybe on one of our other looking verse taylor it's never been like that for him mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so it's always just been like taylor is my mom at mom's house and when i'm at dad's house when you take that competition out of it and just be like hey we're just trying to help each other make it you know <laughs> like we both have never been a mom before we're both trying our best to raise this child and have him be happy successful and kind and we can just help each other with that instead of tearing each other down because that's not going to help anybody's situation yeah and beckham ultimately wins in that because i'm a big like something I talk about a lot is that we all have our own like gifts and talents and strengths as a mom. And he gets like both of your gifts and talents and strengths. He doesn't just get the, the one mom, he gets both of those. And so maybe Maddie's like the crafty mom or like, um, Taylor's, I don't know, the park mom or the hiking mom or whatever. I don't know you guys very well. So I'm just throwing it out there, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like you guys each have those things that you're really good at and he gets the best of both worlds that way. Yeah. yeah. You're very well-rounded. Yes. Um, okay. So I don't know if you guys have listened, but I always share mom fails and I need to hear yours. They can be like funny stories of times, like uh, we were at the splash pad and my child tried to take his swimsuit off and run around naked. That was my mom filled this week. So I could for sure see that I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll go first. So I, I'm a nanny while well, I'm in college right now. I nanny a little guy and he is also, he's three months younger than Becca. Hopefully. So they hang out a lot. And they act like they're twins, practically. They like fight like brothers, love each other <laughs> like brothers, which is super fun, but it can be super hard as well. And um, they, neither of them are very good at being potty trained. And so they both pooped in their diaper at the same exact time. And it was just me at home at this point. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to change Macklin. I'm going to change his diaper first. So I changed Macklin's diaper go back into the room to get Beckham to change Beckham's diaper and Beckham had take he took his pants off his diaper off and smeared poop <laughs> everywhere there was poop all over the carpet all over everything his pants his legs it was disgusting so and isn't it the worst like 
like if they're in a crib, my girls used to do this and cause they're twins. Cause so if one would do it, the other thought it was really funny and they would do it too. And trying to like scrub in between the crib slats is like the worst thing I've oh, ever done. Wow. And trying to make sure you get like all the poop. It's terrible. Yes. Oh, and, and if you don't get it all, there's just the smell and it could be like in this tiny little crack too. So, oh. and you have no idea where it's coming from. So I, I just remember like scrubbing and scrubbing. Oh, and then it's like, oh, it was in the other one's crib. I got the wrong crib. Great. I know. And you can never get it all. You really can't. Especially oh. in the carpet. That was awful. Oh, carpet's the worst. <laughs> okay. What's yours, Taylor? <laughs> um, okay. So mine is something kind of similar to Maddie's, but so we have an unfinished basement in our house right now. And that's where during coronavirus, we just gathered all of our gym stuff and just put it all down there. So that was our gym. And I had ran downstairs to talk to Cameron because he was the one working out for a second. And all of a sudden I like hear this water dripping and I'm like, what is going on? Did Beckham get into the, the sink? Like, is he just getting water on the floor? I don't know what's going on. So I go and run upstairs to see, and he had taken the vent off and he just decided that's where he wanted to pee. So he's just <laughs> into the heaven for he pees into a toilet, but he'll pee into a vent. So that was good. So I don't, I, I sanitized, I, I wiped as far as my hand could go, but you know, yeah, I was just know. thinking, I don't even know how you would clean that. Like, I don't even know where to start with that one. Yeah. If any of you guys have any tips, let yeah. me know. <laughs> we are struggling with potty training as you can tell by our stories. He so. has a very stubborn head, which is, which is good. I feel like for this situation, he's very strong willed. So he knows how to do all these things. He just chooses not just to, and chose, he's going to yeah. do it on his time he makes frame. The decision to not. So yeah, progress so, when he's a teacher. <laughs> I totally think that kids just potty train when they're ready. I when with my first child, I tried like right at two because I was I was pregnant with twins, so I was like I cannot have like three kids in diapers. I'm not doing that. So I, I tried and he just like, wasn't ready. And so I waited a little bit and he, then he potty trained easily, but my girls, they're twins. One potty trained right around two, totally been potty trained. The other still stubborn, still working on it, still in a pull up most of the time, have an accident. And I really think it's just when they're ready, they do it. So. They want to. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> we'll keep that in mind because well, frustrating. You've tried a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Tell everyone where they can find you. Um, we have our Instagram at steppedup.coparenting and then we have our podcast. We have our podcast on Apple Podcasts. It's just Stepped Up Co-Parenting. So. And I will put both of those links in the episode notes. And thank you guys so much for coming on today. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, that's fun. We like girl chat, so <laughs> we need more of it. We talk to just two-year-olds all day. Three-year-olds now, I guess. <laughs> Okay, before we get to our mom fails, if you loved that interview, I would encourage you to go subscribe to Stepped Up Co-Parenting's podcast. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Now let's get to our mom fails. It's been a while since I've asked for mom fail submissions and I miss them. I miss the laughs that they bring me and I miss sharing them with you. I had a bunch of people message me when a small child purchased, I think it was $6,500. I could be totally wrong, but $6,500 worth of SpongeBob popsicles off of the Amazon Alexa. And I, and you, I mean, I'm so honored that every person that sent that to me thought of me in that moment. Like, this is the mom fail. A lot of people referenced when I brought up a kid who uh, bought an iguana, I think it was, on as the mom fail. So anyway, I would die if an iguana showed up at my house. I would die even more if a bird showed up because I hate birds and they, I have a literal phobia, like thinking about them, talking about them right now, giving me anxiety. So anyway, I saw this TikTok about how you can like set your Amazon up so that there is no voice purchases. 
And that is a very helpful, helpful thing for all parents. So you should pause this podcast and go do that right now so that you are not victimized by your child spending $6,500 on Spongebob popsicles. Also, I mean, the kid has good taste. I couldn't be mad at him for very long, I don't think. Anyway, I have a bunch of mom fails, I feel like. Uh, I always think of them and then forget them, but I wrote two down for this episode. Number one is Sam seems to enjoy randomly just peeing outside. I have no idea where he learned it or where it came from and why a five-year-old all of a sudden thinks that he needs to just take a pee outside. So the other day we pulled into my mother-in-law's driveway um, because I I like pick him up from school and then I take them to my mother-in-law and then I go to work. And Sam is like, I have to pee. And I'm like, okay, run inside. Nope. He just whips it out and pees right on their lawn in front of everyone. uh, Thought it was funny. The girls were like, Sam's peeing, Sam's peeing. And I don't know where this came from. I guess he's been doing it, my husband said, a couple times outside. Maybe it's just a boy thing because my girls like never have tried to pee outside. Anyway, I want to know who taught him that. If you know who taught him, call me and tattle on them. My other one is that this is maybe my biggest mom fail yet. My kids do not know what a commercial is because everything in their short life has been on a streaming service with no commercials. Like, I remember when DVR came out and I thought I was so cool that I could fast forward through commercials. Now I don't even have to watch them. And if I do, they're like maybe 30 seconds. They're short ones. So we've been using the PBS Kids app to watch Daniel Tiger, which if you need a model for gentle, conscious parenting, Daniel Tiger is the place to be. His parents do an excellent job at it. They are also the most patient parents I've ever seen. Anyway, so we've been watching Daniel Tiger and with the PBS Kids app, um, it's public television. So, or like regular television you can get with an antenna. So the, there's commercials well, when they come on, the kids always come up to me. Uh-oh, the TV's not working. Uh-oh, the TV's not working. And I've been trying to explain to them, no, these are just commercials. These are just what happens in TV shows. And then I thought, what the hell kind of disservice am I doing to these kids by not letting them experience the impatience of waiting for a show to come back? This is why kids are filled with the need for instant gratification because they don't have to watch commercials anymore. Then this got me thinking like Spotify and how I can just find a song and click it. I literally remember waiting till a song came on the radio and pushing record on my cassette player. That is how old I am. And my kids will never know that pain or they will never know the pain if someone like accidentally records over your cassette player or you miss your favorite song on the countdown and you can't listen to it on repeat. Uh, So anyway, I've my new goal in life is to educate kids about my kids about commercials and patience and everything that happened in the 90s. So I'll check back in with you about how that's going. Okay, I have two really good submissions this week. I was in a discussion with my 14-year-old and the word asshole was used. It is used to describe someone who asks for your opinion and then they do the exact opposite. It just so happened that my 5-year-old decided to be a part of the conversation and due to an impediment does not pronounce the K well. (laughs) And I love this and you can't tell him that he's saying the wrong thing or saying something he's not supposed to say swearing I don't know why it makes me laugh when kids swear Sam's been on this kick of like correcting anyone if they say stupid shut up or any swear word and he can like hear you from the other room (laughs) like the other day he was in like his bedroom or something and my husband said shit and he said you don't say that dad like from the other room he is yelling it so I love it. And assholes, 
I mean, I think even when you say it with the K, it sounds like a curse word. So, okay. This person was very worried about their confidentiality and I do not blame them. Uh, I would feel the same way. The other night, our kids weren't around, so I kind of just reached up my husband's shorts. And just as I did, my daughter, seven years old, walked in. So I quickly pulled my hand out and she says, what are you doing? I said nothing. And she said, I saw your hand in daddy's private area. And then there's a bunch of like crying emojis, face palm emojis. And she said, I said I was fixing his shorts. I don't think she believed me, but she dropped the topic. I was like, oh my hell, my husband was mortified. And that's hysterical. I have not had anything like that happen yet because my kids are young. But I always worry about kids seeing something like that. It'll be interesting to hear when she's older if she remembers that. Okay, the final one is something that my friend put on Instagram and because she posted it on social media, I think she's probably okay with me sharing it. If she gets mad, I'll let you know. But anyway, her, so backstory, I guess. A few days ago, she was out with a group of friends and they were talking about her neighbor or someone's neighbor, a friend's neighbor, whose kid is kind of always running around out in the road um, unsupervised. And they were kind of like, where's the mom? How does she not know where her kid is? So like a boss, karma comes along a couple days later and she's eating and she gets a knock on the door and it is her neighbor and her toddler son, I think he's two, has somehow gotten out of her house and was like on their sh- in the street. And she couldn't figure out like how he got out, what the heck. So she eventually like set him down and followed him. And they have like a vinyl fence and he had dug his way under the fence and crawled out. Similar to like what a dog does. Uh, Toby used to do this all the time. And so anyway, so she she got on Instagram. She was very funny about it and said like, this is what I get for judging another mom and had a good laugh. I love when people are so open about their mom fails and vulnerable about you know, the things that we do that aren't perfect because it makes me feel so much better about the mom that I am. So I just have to tell you to each and every one of you, I truly appreciate you trusting me with your mom fails, whether they're sexual, whether they're language related, whether it's your kid escaping your yard, cutting their own hair, whatever they do, because I know it gives everyone a laugh and it makes us all feel a little more connected that we are in the trenches together. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will be back next week. Don't forget to be peace, be love, be mindful as a mother. If you want more of mindful as a mother, you can find me on Instagram at Lynn's underscore Adams LCSW. Once again, at Linds, L-I-N-D-S underscore Adams LCSW.